Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Hey guys, good morning. Welcome to Game Changer. I'm David. I'm here with Diana. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You guys having a great morning so far? How about you guys? Mike, Ez? I was just laughing because I was telling Diana, I can tell how my day is going to go based on how I tell Alexa to be quiet in the morning when my first alarm goes off and this morning was Alexa, shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how about you, Ez? How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. A little, little groggy, but I'm good. A little groggy? A little groggy? We're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to try to pick everybody up this morning with a little Jesus. What's up, Ash? Over there eating your, eating your pumpkin loaf. Is that a pumpkin loaf? No, it's not. Oh, it's not? It's my I'm shame looking at it right now. Really quick. I'm um, jealous looking at it right now, to be honest with you. We didn't, we didn't do it on air Monday, but we actually took time Monday morning, and um, we prayed for all the people in Louisiana that were affected by the hurricane. And I really want to take a quick moment to just recognize, like, um, there was that really bad storm that rolled through New York and New Jersey, I guess, last night. Mm-hmm. They had major flooding. Um, but we're, our thoughts and our prayers are definitely with them this morning and their whole, like, everybody that's there that's being affected by it. I just heard about it this morning when I was driving in. Amen. Absolutely. Praying for Louisiana, praying for the Northeast, praying for Afghanistan. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and and make sure that you're remembering and, and praying. And uh, the other day we got off, we saw the comment from someone, and, and we can't always pray and, and get to it on the show. Not that that's not time, but we uh, we certainly do gather together. And when a comment's put in like that, you know, make sure you just say a prayer for it. It's really the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman, right? Availeth much, and so prayer works, and um, uh, what a great day, though. I'm just excited. Thursday, uh, we're going to go into really the second from last day of before and after. And you know what? Prayer changes your before. It helps, you know, take your before and turn it into the after that you're believing God for. Amen. And um, so let's let's jump right into it this morning. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about promises of God. We talked about um, the plan and purpose of God. And we, we asked the question, is it possible? Is it possible? When you stumble across God's promise that's in Christ, that we're a new creation, we ask ourselves, is it possible? Right? And we talked about the gap between God's truth and our reality and how wide it is. And it seems, you know, impossible to reconcile the two. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, that, that gap is what is where people quit. If you're, if you ever watch the movies, you know, where, um, I mean, there are in a lot of movies, you've seen this, <clears throat> this type of scene get written into movies, you know, throughout, you know, our lives where you go into a certain place where there's a challenge, you know, whether, whether, you know, it's, it's on a journey or a discovery, you know, and there's a pile of bones that are sitting there, you know, of, and it shows you, you know, it's in a challenging place. There's the hero or heroine, right? And they are looking around and, and they're on this journey trying to accomplish something extremely difficult. And they look around them when they get to a place of challenge and they see multiple sets of human bones. What does it tell you? It tells you, what is that scene designed to tell you? It's designed to tell you that people, others have tried before and failed. And so can I just say, it's in the gap between God's truth and our reality 
on that journey where a lot of people give up. It's a lot of times on that journey, you'll look over to your left and right and you'll see the carcasses, so to speak. You'll see the dream, the dead dreams on the side of the road. You'll see the dead businesses, the dead relationships. And um, it's hard because to reconcile the two, God's truth and our reality. And that's where the enemy tries to take us out, right? That's where the battle's fought. And so um, understanding that this whole new creation thing is essential to becoming a follower and being a follower of Jesus is, is, is I think, paramount. And it's in his words. And so John 3, 5 said, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You know, I said something a couple weeks ago in a quote that um, I had never said before, and it just kind of came out in the podcast, that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you're born into. It matters what you're born again into. And, you know, that's part of this journey. So Jesus said, you have to be born again. And born again, in other words, unless he or she becomes a new creation, right? So how does it work? How does the before and after? There's some that have, you know, just been curious about Christ that are listening right now. There's some that have just accepted Christ, maybe just started going to church. And so, you know, the Bible says that when we're born again, all the old stuff passes away. It doesn't mean you become perfect in your life. It doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. And that's where the enemy is going to try to take you out because there's a gap between God's truth and our reality. But the Bible says that when we're born again, that very moment, the old stuff passes away, meaning that he covers it with his blood. All the new blessings of God become our new reality, right? But when we give our life to Jesus, it's not like he waves a magic wand over our lives. It's not as though all our problems simply evaporate. It's not like we're instantly changed on the inside and become perfect, right? We wake up the next day and all that stuff is still there. And it might go on for years. So how do we know it's real? How do we know that the before and after Diana are real? And, um, you know, do you remember that situation? Do you remember that time when, when Christ took your, you know, took your sins, when you gave your life to him? Do you remember the feeling? I mean, um, I do. And I think we have to remind ourselves of it. But when I gave my life to Christ, you know, I mean, it was difficult times in, in one sense. And, you know, the, the sense of reality of my circumstances, really nothing's changed, you know, or, or nothing changed immediately. And in the sense of what was going on inside me and what I felt and experienced, everything changed. So everything was truly new. And I think that's the best way to describe the before and after of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I think everybody's experience is different. For me personally, it was probably a five-year process. Um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, but um, I one summer after my sixth grade year, uh, my dad sent me to um, my his family for the summer it was the first time my younger sister and I were able to meet my dad's side of the family at that time, sixth grade. So I guess we are maybe 11 or 12. And, um, we went to a place in New Mexico, which is called white sands, which is, if you've ever been there, it's like basically white mounds of sand and you can boogie board down them and all that. And we went there for a picnic and, um, at, at about sunset, we were sitting on the top of one of these mounds of sand and, um, my aunt, asked if there's anything we want to pray about. And so um, 
I said yes, and I expressed at that point what I, I really felt like. I always kind of maybe had this feeling, you know, I popped into church with my mom, um, some of her friends, like on, you know, a special occasion like Easter or something like that or a Christmas program, but I hadn't had an encounter with the Lord. It was just kind of going and, you know, for fun. But um, the Lord met me there, and um, the Lord spoke a word through my aunt. And what's interesting about that is we just are coming out of a divine connection. From that moment on, I've always had some sort of divine connection with this particular aunt. And though I see her a couple of times a year, um, or, you know, maybe sometimes only once a year, um, I've had a very unique relationship with her ever since. And I think it was that God connection, somehow God, you know, knitted our hearts together. And um, so Fast forward, it wasn't until my 11th grade year of high school that I um, came to know the Lord as my Savior and accepted Him. But what was interesting is, is I remember at this particular church that I went to, I remember walking in there, and I feel as if I wouldn't have had that. But God knows us. So let me say this. My God knows our beginning from our end. And even from that point, there were just little pieces from 6th grade to 11th grade where He showed Himself. And I was kind of like, you know, there's got to be something greater than than just this earth. There's got to be a God, but still not going. Um, and then when I went to this particular church, um, I remember when I went in the same feelings, it was like the Lord quickened me and I like, this is familiar to me. And so, and I think because of that familiarity that I had experienced that several years before and that, and at that point, I think it drew my curiosity and um, eventually, you know, very quickly, I was like, this is, this is where I needed to be. Uh, this is, you know, this is real. God's real. And so I accepted him. And obviously there was a, a process in, in, you know, in my walk with the Lord between 11th grade and today. But that's kind of when I came to know the Lord. But he knew me. He knew my beginning from my end. And, and I think that's interesting because he calls us in a way that we, you know, he doesn't always call everybody that way. Um, I, w- I like to think I'm not a slow learner, that it really shouldn't take me five years, but <laughs> for me, it was five years. Five years? You mean five years? It, we, well, that's not really a long time. I mean, because one of them was an experience, I think. Yes. You know, one of them was an experience, and, uh, you know, I think that, that you know, and, and I don't know what you went through during those five years, but I'm sh- assuming that God used those five years just to really, when the time was right, bring confirmation that he was even more real. I mean, <clears throat> I would say this, that, you know, you're in God's timing and the before and after, if you, my experience is this, there's a, there's a, there's the gap. And we were trying to make sense of the gap, right? Between the stark realities of our life here and now and God's promises in his word that, you know, Paul writes about and, and, um, Diana, we experienced it, but I, I will say, I don't know exactly. I was, I didn't know her when she was young, a young person, a young kid, but she, whatever she was going through, there were experiences, I believe, that were part of the journey and process. And then when the time was right, you know, God revealed himself, revealed himself again, and, and, and it connected the two. And it, it's almost like I've been with you this whole time. And, you know, on your journey, yes. you know, on your journey, that you're experiencing and going through right now, no matter how long it is, we want it to be shorter. And there's things that we can do to not go around the mountain multiple times. There's things that we add. There's, there's a lot of baggage that we bring, a lot of you know, headaches that we add. But there is, there is this process no matter what uh, as a believer that we walk through. And I believe that if you, if you keep yourself plugged into Jesus, he is the author 
and he is the finisher, as I said yesterday. And that, that book is, he's determined how long that book is. He's determined how long that journey is. And I want to make sure that makes sense to you. Like it's, it could be, it doesn't have to be, you know, a novel that thick. I'm not talking about your life, like a, like a small, like a short life. I'm talking about the, the journey that you're on to your, to your destiny, that particular chapter, so to speak. And, uh, but Paul said in second Corinthians, he said, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And our con- conclusion was that all things are not, I'm sorry, all things are new, not because the world around us changes. Listen, no, all things are new because we change or rather because we are changed. So it's, it's not like when you see this, this, the scripture that says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But then we talk about God's doing something new. The, the change is not in him. The change is not in the, you know, the world around us changes. God set the foundations of this thing. It's that we change or that we're changed. And so God is in the business of renewing us from the inside out. You know, does he change our circumstances sometimes as well? Yes, he does. Sometimes, but often he doesn't. Often he uses those tough circumstances, right, to render that powerful change in us to show us how to experience peace and joy, even when what's happening in our lives doesn't fit with the world's idea of what success should look like. And so, you know, I, I just want to encourage you that, that he's got his hand in your journey, right? He's got his hand in your makeover. He's got his hand in your purpose, and um, listen to this scripture as well in Romans 8, 17, 18. Now, if we're children, right, if we're children, there's the operative word. If we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory, that I consider in our present suffering, sufferings aren't worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So God's going to reveal himself in you. He's going to reveal purpose in you. And the sufferings that you're going through won't compare. They're pale, they're compare, uh, they'll pale in comparison to the glory that he's going to reveal. I mean, it's a new, abundant, rich life that God promises. And it's not an alternative to suffering, right? It happens right in the reality of suffering. Does that make sense? It happens right in the reality. So you could be suffering today as a believer. And, you know, understand that, you know, the abundant, rich life that God promises is not an alternative to suffering. It happens right in the middle of it. He's still good. I think for me, I, I think sometimes as believers that we're going through that, you know, our before and after, we sometimes mistake our process and get frustrated because we're wanting to see progress, but really we're in prog- process. So I think, um, you know, we can't confuse the two. Sometimes, you know, things happen instantaneously, but sometimes there's a process. And in that process, if we're getting focused on where we want to be, we may get frustrated with the process, but we have to know that the process is necessary. So um, I, I don't know why those words dropped in my heart yesterday was, you know, the differences between process and progress. There is a difference. And just because you are in a process doesn't mean you've achieved progress yet. So um, and sometimes processes are quicker, but um, don't be frustrated. You know, it said it's achieving, it's going to be, in the Romans, the scripture you're talking about, it's achieving us, it, it, we are going, it's going to be revealed. Well, that means that there's, it, it's going to be revealed means it's not, it, it may not always be instantaneous. It's a going, mm-hmm. a moving, a process to yep. get to progress. Yeah, and, and I love the scripture in Psalms 1 that says uh, that we will reap in due season if we faint, faint not. not. 
you know, if you faint not. And what that, that means is if you hold on, if, you know, it will be revealed. So don't fall for the old trick of the devil. And that's the reality. Can you know it's funny? It's like the reason you would say the old trick of the devil is not like a country statement. You know, maybe, maybe you don't say it where you are. Maybe it's a, maybe we say it in the South, what have you. But the reason I call it the old trick of the devil is because he has nothing new. It's not like the devil doesn't have like, devil doesn't have anything new. It's the same old trick, right? So don't fall for the old trick of the devil that says the moment we feel pain, we want to believe him when he whispers, see, that new life was never for you. And that's what he'll do. He'll say, he'll, he'll try to get you to come back. And you go, well, ah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that, the devil doesn't really have a shot to bring me back into that old life. Well, you know what? He did it. He, he, he had the children of, of God, the Israel. The Israelites coming out of Egypt, slaves in Egypt, and through their journey in the wilderness before they, as they were headed to the promised land, you know, think about this for a second. He had the whole multitude going, why don't we just go back into slavery? Every one of them were just saying, hey, we had it better off then. You know, and um, so so instead of buying for that, that lie, that he, that he says that, hey, the new life was never for you. Instead, you can tell him that the glory that you're going to share with Jesus, that glory happens through, because of, and on the other side of suffering that we share with Jesus. Uh, one of my favorite passages, Luke 4, Jesus comes out of the river as he's baptized. I mean, he gets the stamp of approval, right? It's one time, by the way, in the scripture that all three, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one of the, one of the couple of times in scripture where they're all standing in the same place, so you have Jesus in the flesh coming out of the river, the Jordan. The God, the Father, says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. They're all right there together. And so he gets this stamp of approval, right? And it's when he gets this stamp of approval in Luke 4 that he walks in. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So, so it's on the other side of, of, of the battle. It's, it's, it's because of the battle right? It's, it's, on, it's as you go through the battle because Jesus was led into this, the wilderness by the Spirit. And then about six verses later, after he gets tempted, we focus on the 40 days of tempting and fasting. It says, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, but then it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. So he went into the wilderness led by the Spirit. I'm talking full of the Holy Spirit. Came out with power. He picked up power in the wilderness. So th- that's, th- there's something to be said. So the, I believe that I believe that it's not instead of, but it's through. Amen? It's through. You, the before, you're not who you were before, and you're on your way to who you're going to be after, but you're going to pick up some power in the journey, on the in-between. Amen? And those power, th- that power is going to be able to set somebody else free. That power Good. is, w- before he ever started laying hands on people and performing miracles, he picked up that power. Because the power to say, hey, I, I've been through it. And I'm still standing, you know, is going to is going to be the testimony that sets other people free. The testimony is really for other people. It's not for us. I mean, we're encouraged by it because we can see our before and after. Right. <clears throat> so the, our testimony is our before. It's the story of our before and after. Mm-hmm. But it's not really for us. You know, it's for somebody else. Amen. If we're really allowing the Lord to use us and we're allowing him to work through us, um, Everything that we experience, if we really put it in the context of the Lord, it really has nothing to do with us. It's about who that can encourage or set free or bring hope or instill joy, help with breakthrough, whatever. So, you know, 
as humans, we're self-centered, but really, if we're really walking with the Lord and allowing him to guide us, it's never really about us. It's about the others. Yeah, that's good. It's, that's, that's when we get that, I think that, that it'll change our, you were mentioning, you were talking about perspective and perception. Perception. So when you get that, what did you say? You said that was a great revelation, and it not only ties into today, it ties into a lot of stuff, but I thought of that when you just said what you said. Um, I, the, probably two days ago, I just started thinking <clears throat> about perception and... and, and um, perception and... <laughs> what's the other word she said? They're getting confused. Perception and... Perspective. Perspective. Yes. Sorry. So I've had this on a, a Word document on my computer for a couple of days, and I was like, "What's the difference between these two? And you, know, you always hear the saying that perception is reality for whoever it is, but perception and reality isn't always grounded in truth. It's perception. It's what you kind of feel or you think, but it's not always grounded in truth. But if you put your perspective onto the truth of God's word and His promises and what He's spoken, mm-hmm. and you keep your perspective right. It will change your perspective because it'll be grounded in truth, and um, you know sometimes we don't need to change. We don't need to change our perception. Sometimes we need to change our perspective and put everything that we're experiencing or begin to see things through the perspective or through the the lens of you know, the word of God and through Christ. And if we put our focus in that, it will automatically change our perspective. But the difference is our perspective will be grounded in truth versus lies. You know, the reality is, man, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to make it out of here. I'd, I feel like I'm going around the same mountain over and over. My perception is this is overwhelming and I'm never going to make it. But if you ground it in the perspective of truth that says you're made an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony that he's with you, he's for you, not against you, that you're, 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 you're the winner. You know, if you have your, your perspective grounded, I mean, your perception grounded by your perspective of the word of God, it will change your perspective. So the, I had to pull up the definition. So pull perspective up first. So, perspective, a particular attitude toward a way regarding something or a point of view. So you're saying put your perspective, which is basically what you're looking at, in a sense, a particular attitude towards a, a way regarding a point of, of view. So my pers- my pers- perspective, right, view is into God's word, which changes my perception, which is what is considered reality, which perception is the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. So it involves it involves what you see. It involves what you touch. It involves what you taste, you feel. It involves your senses. So actually really, so how appropriate is that even in the middle of this before and after? Because it's in the middle. It's it's not the before. The before, you, you, you know, the your before, your, your perspective is is, you know, failure, is, is like, man, no purpose, is like, you know, why am I here? And then all of a sudden, God sets you free, gives you a new life. Your pers- per, uh, perspective changes. And then w- as we go through life, we, we, we start to look at and perceive different things at different times. And then, again, our perception 
then becomes our reality. And what, what, what God, I think what Diana was saying, and, and really it's the Lord wants us to do, right, is constantly bring our perception, our, I'm sorry, our perspective back to the Word of God so that our perception I would say perception is probably a wide angle view. Like I could be over here and see someone engaging in a conversation mm-hmm. and they may be very animated and I might think, ooh, that didn't really go well by looking at the body language. But if you were actually in the conversation, maybe they were just excited about what they were talking about and it wasn't a bad conversation. But my perception from my view was that doesn't look like it's going very well based on body language or whatever. So perception, I want to put that in context, perception isn't always the reality. My perception was that conversation didn't go well, but the reality was they were just excited about what they were talking about. So I think the reality we need to bring into it is the, is the truth of God's word. Like, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, if we measure, if we're talking about before and after, the perception is not always based on the reality of God's word. Like, you know what I'm saying? Reality of what you're reality of what you're facing in life versus the reality of what God's word says. One of them is and somebody said I, I was reading something the other day. Actually, I'm doing some more studying on God math and things like that, but it all ties into that as well. You know, somebody I, I forgot when I was reading, I was just reading it and it kind of illuminated where we why not, you know, supernatural. For, for instance, you know, we, we look at the reality of things that, that go on in the world or in our lives, and we take that as like, well, it's just the way it is. And you even go as far as saying sometimes if somebody brings in Scripture and brings in God, you say, well, I mean, yeah, but don't be so spiritual. You know, I mean, that, come on. I mean, yeah, but the reality is this. And we all say that. And I, th- and I think there's some, there's some people that are way out there sometimes, you know. But what I'm, what I'm referring to is it, there's, a, there's a God that doesn't play by the rules of this world. I mean, the whole context of God, the whole purpose of God, the whole afterlife of God, the whole, when this whole thing's wrapped up, it's not going to look anything like what we experience on this world. I mean, meaning there's going to be things that happen and things that unfold, things that God says, things that he does that, 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 that just fly in the face of, of reality. You know, I mean, number one, gravity. I mean, when, when God comes to take his his children back, I mean, defying gravity. I mean, so what my point is, what I'm saying is that the perception is based on a lot of times what's going on in the world, but is it, is it based on what God says in his word? And we serve a God who in his word does incredible things. The God factor, the faith factor. Um, Ashton actually is the one that just sent this, but it says, put what you perceive back into perspective. Mm. So we perceive we're not going to make it, but if we put it back into perspective to the Word of God, He says, you will make it. Now listen, the way you make it may not be the way you thought it was going to be, but at the end, it's still part of God's plan, and it's going to be exactly the way He planned it. Um, You know, I'm kind of thinking like perception would be a wide-angle view. Uh, Perspective is you have that target. I'm thinking I'm not a hunter by any means. But I'm thinking of like on a movie where they show this or a video game where they show this target with this. It's like it's bringing it back. Um, and I think when you change your per- um, percept- <laughs> perception, it also changes the way you approach a situation. So if you have your, pers- I'm sorry, your perspe- perspective, if you have your perspective in line with the word of God, it will change the way you approach your situation, will automatic- which will automatically change your perception of it, right? So um, in, in business, I, I use this from a situation as, you know, we handle different um, 
leads for our, our clients. And I said, if we get out of the mentality of approaching them as a lead, because a lead is disposable, and say this is an opportunity, our call will go different because we are anticipating this is an opportunity versus let me just get through this lead. So, and that's, that's perspective. The perspective is this is an opportunity that I'm not going to squander versus perception like another, another thing I need to do today. That's a lot of perceptions and perspectives. <laughs> and if you're confused, so am I, but we're all in this together. And we're, but and you know what, and make you know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know what we're talking about, <laughs> right? I, I know hope, what you're talking about. I yeah, hope. yeah. The words are just confusing. It's like Peter Piper picked. You know, it's like perspective, per- perception, and but uh, great, great word. Either way, go ahead. You had you had to add something. No. No. <laughs> if I did it. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, you don't forget anything. It's like a steel trap up there in that in that brain. I'm gonna use it against you later, but I don't remember for the context of this. <laughs> All right. So hey, what a great Thursday tomorrow. You don't want to miss the wrap up of this. Um, and uh, what a great uh, topic so far, before and after. And um, I think it went in a in a really wonderful direction. Um, kind of going off the cuff. We didn't have those in our notes, but it was some things that she mentioned, and I think it was. Um, it was worth uh, talking about and hopefully it touched your life as well. So don't get overwhelmed in your process to your after change your perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's good. Thank you all for tuning in today. I was waiting on somebody to say Mike, but Diana gave me the nod. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in. If you guys haven't heard, every single morning we have a daily encouragement text that comes from Dave. It is completely free for you guys to opt into. If you guys would like to join it, if you'd like to get those every single morning, um, you can text the letters EZGC to 813-522-3356. Every single morning, completely free. Just a little pick-me-up. Maybe you can't make the podcast. Maybe you're having a rough start to your morning. Maybe you just need that little bit of encouragement. Opt-in is completely free. Um, to everybody that's with us every single morning on Facebook and YouTube, I can't tell you guys enough how much we appreciate your comments. Um, it's awesome to be able to see your all's feedback as we're talking about things, um, as well as seeing things, people saying that, you know, this confirms what I've been thinking about, or this is something that I needed to hear today. This is something I'm going through. Like, it's really encouraging for us to know that what we're doing is on track with people that are listening. Um, but if for any odd reason you guys can't be with us live, you can always catch our replays on YouTube every single day at 12 o'clock, as well as every audio pl- um, podcasting platform out there, the big ones, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us if you listen. If you're listening on any of those audio platforms and you want to join our conversation live, you want to come in, throw a comment at the crew, you know, just tell us how things are going, you can always join us live every single morning at 8.30 a.m. EST on Facebook and YouTube live. Just search David Villa Game Changer and you will find us. Faithgear.co, our newest drop summer 21 is up you can grab it please grab it while you can if we run out of our supplies it'll take at least three weeks for us to restock so make sure if you want it you grab it hold fast our newest bible plan is now live it went live yesterday right around like 905 i think it's when dave sent the email it is live on Version. go check it out i believe it's a if anybody can remind me i think it's a five-day plan i had i had i I drew a blank there. A new five-day plan called Hold Fast. Go check it out if you guys haven't already. Um, and I think we have a couple other ones that are we're being that are being worked on right now in the pipeline that should be coming out soon. But thank you all for listening. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. And on that note, we out. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.